Hydrosil. The ancestral motherland to the sowers, and home to endless ancient green forests. An aether-rich kingdom governed by the laws of nature, where biomes of every spectrum unite in a delicate dance of survival. Sometimes I dream of the future, where I settle down in a little cabin in a verdant hill, near a serene lake, and spend my twilight years compiling the truths I've discovered into my memoirs. Dear listeners, if you have never been, this place is as far as you can get from the grip of political power. Hungry to plant their flags and draw their borders, pushing the pawns of the people across the game board of civilization. Blech! Boring! Trees are stupid. They live slow and die ugly. If they weren't so flammable, they'd probably be the most pointless thing I've ever seen. Oh, Dex, my infernal friend, your heart is barren of the poetry of nature. Yours is a life of chewing bones and pushing fart buttons. But my heart howls with the wolves and all the shades of nature's tapestry. Whatever you say, Khan. Sounds like lame squirrel talk to me. I do think it's neat there's bears and stuff that eat people. That's pretty cool. Perhaps we should take a break from our broadcast to bring you some of the deep, rich baritones of the Nidrasili chanting monks. Their voices are like stone and water. And their message is a message of... Ah, uh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. What happened? You nearly scared the brimstone right out of my pee hole. Something just brushed against my foot. It's probably just trash. Hell, the whole floor is ankle deep in our snacky filth. You know I love to make rapper angels. This was no snack bag, Dex. This was a hairy and crawly. Holy shit, this is it. They're onto me. They know what I know what they know. And they've sent an assassin to end my life of political candor. You think the government sent some fuzzy trash beast to take you out because you're a threat? <laughs> Maybe it's some kind of homunculus or a familiar. A biological bug here to spy on our every word and collect our most private of informations. Con, we're already broadcasting everything we say. That's not exactly juicy deets. Well, then you tell me what it was. There, look. It's just a void possum, rooting around in our filth fields for crumbs. Gotcha. See? Not so scary. Oh, gross. Put that thing down, Dex. They're covered in void germs. I don't want to get bit and have a shot from some nod doctor so my jaw doesn't fuse shut. That's how they get you. That's how they put the microcrystals in your blood so they can scry on you. Relax, I'll deal with it. What do you mean, deal with it? I mean, I'm gonna put it in the trash chute and jettison it back into the void like a six-pound snot rocket. Off we go, little fella. Ah, jeez, Dex, this seems kind of cruel. Look, either you want me to tube-blast this germ dog back into the ether, or you want to hold it for a while. <sighs> fine. Just unload the nasty thing, but make it humane somehow. Whatever you say, pal. What you gotta understand about scry crystals is that they're not really crystals. Khan can't hear us now. What are you doing getting out of your box, Jasmine? I told you if you go wandering, you'll get in trouble. Now you stay in here and just lay low. You'll be my little secret. But not if you keep digging in the trash and scaring Khan. Here, have a Greg nut bar. Rest easy, my sweet child. I'll be back to feed you soon. It's all over. You might as well hand over the wheel of your body's ship to the highest bidder. Sounds a little far-fetched to me. Excuse me, I have a very reliable source, I'll have you know. The very man who designed Blood Scry worked out of an office that was cleaned twice a week by the very sweet woman who happens to live on the same floor as my mother's best friend back home. Wow, you've done it, Con. You actually made me want to hear the druid throat singing just so we can move on. Oh yes, good idea. We'll be right back, folks. Until then, sit back and open up your third eye. Visualize the dreamless truth of a people born of the land. Friend, 
the river and mountain, second cousin to the towering forest, masseuse to the seeds of tomorrow. Just hit play already. Ow, 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 shit. Shit, it's got my leg. Dex. Yasmin, no. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. The edge of the forest feels like borders at war. This invisible line separates tree from field, night from morning, and spring from autumn. There are more trees, to be certain, but off in the distance, watching like curious bystanders at these outsiders, seated in a theater of mountains wrapping around the valley, blue like smoke and just as faded. Their white caps give them a distinguished look and pull them vividly off the azure backdrop of the sky. It took over an hour for the beast upon which you rode to yield, bend a knee, and lower its head so you could disembark to the forest floor below. And even now, the lumbering of its colossal footsteps shakes the earth below you, but makes barely a noise. They didn't tell you much, besides travel three days north, and when the time comes, follow the light. Bakima mentioned, if you get lost, the river might help you find your way, as it runs nearly north, but bends and winds along the way. The waters move fast, and they are cold even at a glance. The river floor is heavy with stones, its waters almost aubergine with fading crowns of white foam. There's a chill in the air. The plant life here is just slightly more autumnal, faded at the edges, a green that dreams of yellow. And so north you march. For the first time, you properly hear Foe walk, and you realize with the right step, it sounds like bones rattling. Your eyes carry down, and you see that entire leg from the knee down is missing flesh, a skeleton. So, uh, Foe? Why? the hell happened? Which part? Ain't that a loaded response. You're like a gift basket of accident. Every one of these is a curse. Do they come together to make one big curse, or are they just individually competing with each other to do the worst damage? <laughs> you could say my life is a curse, but it's one I'll gladly take. What other curses do you carry? Oh, well, let's uh, take a look, shall we? See this one? He holds out his hand, and you realize it's covered in spider webs. There are spiders living in you. You held still for too long. 
This is the liar's curse. You see, sometimes you spin too many webs, and then they stick to you. Eh, way I see it, whole cosmos is cursed. Just gotta be ready for it. You're the smallest pessimist I've ever met. Pessimism keeps me alive, buddy. Lita pulls her goggles down over her eyes, and having donned two large mechanical gauntlets, presses a button, and one of them starts to subtly hum and glow. Very nice. Right, so not a curse. Oh, I can curse if you want. I believe it. <laughs> Widely and memorably. You got a favorite one. Just one that really packs a, well, punch. Foe pulls out a dagger and flips it around, and as he does, it starts to smoke and eventually catches in green fire. Every child's first love after their mother is fire. The warmth, the beauty, the danger. Enough to drive a good boy bad. But she's a fickle thing. Likes to be shared, see? Careful where you take her. And the fire goes out. Right, so don't touch anything you carry your own. My friend, you'd be best not touching me at all if you can help it. I can help it. But that doesn't mean I can't give you a hug if you want. Mm, I can continue to help it. Is your whole island like this? No, no. <laughs> I mean you spend enough time in a dream and these curses tend to flock to you. Like flies to shit. But no, I... I specifically set about curing people of them. Unfortunately, curses don't like to go away. They're like unwelcome house guests. They stick around if they get the choice. So I take them on myself. Sometimes in objects. And sometimes in my flesh. He holds up his left hand and it looks like a corpse's hand with a chunk of flesh missing. Wait, what island are you from? I ain't, um... I'm from an island. I'm from Nod. Oi, my lovely neighbors. Yeah. Some pretty good trash from Nod. Most things on Nod are trash, save for the part of my gods they kill and stole. I don't have nothing to do with it. I'm a kiff, see? See, we're back to lips. Funny. It's not the first word I'd reach for, but I'll bite. It's a kith. The kith are nomads. They're the only people who wander in your dream on Nod. I spend my time with them. You'd all be welcome, but we have just as much of a problem with the Baronies as you do. So you don't get to the shores much? No. But I'm done singing his banshees. Let's get moving. Right, about that. Uh, my clan tends to stay a bit out of the forest, so I might be, uh, you know, not within my depth here. Who's good at finding their way through trees? Not I. <laughs> I do most of my work by the back of a wagon. While I have travelled through many a forest, these are quite different. Hopefully, what I've learned can be used here. So just so I understand this correctly, they sent us out to the middle of fucking Nidrosilly depths and didn't give us a single ranger. The first line of the song was, you have been sent to die. Eh. I think I recall that vaguely. Stuck with me too. Survival, survival. I'll lead the way. See a go-getter attitude. Go and get him. After what feels like hours and miles, the river finally comes back into view, returning from its brave journey east with a vengeance. To your west is a grove. Now these trees, compared to where you have been, are dainty things indeed, hardly thirty feet at the tallest. There are workers moving among them, 
dressed in sleek black armor with bows and blades at their backs. You would have assumed them guards, but they tend to the trees with care, feeding, nurturing like doting parents. But it's not the military arborists or the trees themselves that rob you of your breath, but the fruit of the trees. Pods, clear to the light, and heavy with a kind of sap, supported by multiple trees at once. What kind of single fruit grows from multiple trees? But the size of them. Larger than any man, easily 500 pounds if they're an ounce. And inside these hanging bulbs are not seeds or pits, but sailing ships. Newborn vessels woven from living branch and bark. Green and glistening, stubby masts protruding like undeveloped fingers. You had heard that many ships in the land are not made by saw and hammer, but by song and storm. Far behind the orchard you see a large ship take to the sky, last season's first flyer. A fully developed airship unfolding its sails and fern wings, moist from its hatch and shining in the sunlight. A worker rides inside, stroking the railing proudly, singing to it with encouragement and steering it over the tree line to fly south to one of the few cities in this land. That's a thing of beauty. Damn sight finer than most of the shit we put out in none. <laughs> Couldn't disagree with you there. Now if only we had that back at home, could you imagine how many more raids we could go on? You got the ship, right? You're the captain? My ship, my skelet. It's one of these, right? In a manner of speaking. <laughs> you raid too, huh? Uh, prolifically and loudly. So just so I understand, it sounds like most of you have got beef with the Nordites. Well, like I said, they got good stuff. Couldn't agree more. They have the best stuff. The most important stuff. Fucking my stuff. Whoa, 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 whoa. Nobody's called dibs yet. <laughs> <laughs> they tried to, and that was the problem. We have accepted a position beneath them. We trade with them. They desire our ergon. I don't understand why there would be beef. Hey, uh, if you were to, you know, quantify the amount of ergon you got, well, just ballpark. Well, the term and the measurement of ergon is quite foreign to us. But from what I've heard from the Nodites, it simply rains it. You are shitting me. <laughs> Where are you from again? <laughs> Some sort of larger, wiser blob? Her slit hazel eyes gleam. Hmm. Well, my island is in the far corner of this core of archipelagos. Uh-huh. The Ergon rains, volcanoes erupt. You know what? Maybe maybe I've been a bit standoffish. I'd love to love to get to know each other a little better, my guy. Ah, go back and meet the parents, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'm sure it's lovely at your home, but if I can offer a word of advice, just remember the Nodites will sink to any depth to get what's yours. They have made that quite apparent. Oh, you can feel the love. They told you three days north. Three days. You've been through a lot of days. The tiny clock inside your brain screams at you about hours and minutes. But these days are unlike others. You swear the daylight ebbs and flows as it sees fit, never quite slipping into night. You've been walking forever. 
The mountains don't look any closer than they did when you first started. When the sun starts to finally fade to a twilight gray and the night settles, you could almost weep at the chance to rest. There's a chill in the air, so a fire would be welcome. And while you have rations, they are military grade. But all things considered, you have to admit, the ground always seems soft. You can't seem to find a crooked rock to jab your ribs. Always a hint of give to it, like a soft mossy carpet. Lida, do you think those mountains are walking the same direction as us? I'd believe anything in this place. It doesn't make any sense to me. You know what would be better? If we filled this forest with trash. Nice, just nice, wholesome garbage. Why would that be nicer? Oh, have you ever done... Tell me, have you ever, have you ever done a trash angel? Just really felt it between your fingers? A trash angel? Oh, yeah. Well, if you think about it, the soil is just tree shit. <laughs> oh, I can't stop thinking about it. I didn't think I could ever hate the forest more. Make a soil angel. Oi, make a shit angel. Oh, no. That sounds awful. I'm glad to see where the line is. I can tell you right now, the soil feels great. <laughs> oh, oh, you're not wearing shoes, are you? No, there's one. Pointing at something floating inside of it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I am mimicking toes and the soil feels great in between them. Oh, gob. <laughs> <laughs> Each toe is the same size. Oh no! <laughs> I it's unfortunate. Am, wait, are they all all little piggies or big piggies? <sighs> They're all. <laughs> don't say it. Awkward middle piggy. Oh, oh, no, no. the, like they the all got to market. <laughs> <laughs> wait, are there something wrong with my toes? On paper, no. So, in which way are they wrong? It's just you could just not have them too. Or have it's it's the indecision for me. <laughs> no, I am very actively trying to have toes. Why? If I simply stop wanting to be, there's a chance I may be nothing. You'll feel that way right up until you stub one of them. Mm. How does it feel to stub a toe? Worst. The worst thing that could ever happen to anyone living. Let us just Kicks him in the fucking toe. Surely not worse than this conversation. It squelches. It pops. <laughs> oh, I hate to burden you with our livelihoods. You wouldn't happen to be weighed down with the curse of someone who knows what to cook good. I've been known to throw a few things together. And are they safe to eat afterward? Well, my name is Sinida. If I couldn't cook, I wouldn't very well want to eat the sins I made, would I? Well, they taste like cobweb. No. That's a good question. <laughs> Bone? He's going to start kind of grabbing what he can from the area, and I'm going to use cooking tools to do my thing. Sure. As you uh, kind of wander off towards the forest, because the clearing you're in right now is pretty open. It's nice open sky. It's a good place for a fire. No risk of accidentally lighting a tree aflame or anything. The river's in view. Um, you realize this part of this area to the north there are many pine trees in the distance, but the ones around here seem more like uh, orchards and groves, almost imitating the shipyard that you saw. You come across one that seems unattended. There's no fence around it. There's no workers in the field, but the trees are planted in rows, and there's only a few of them. 
But these trees are growing a different kind of fruit. Small, dark, almost luminescent from the inside grapes, growing in bunches of no more than ten. They fill the air with a curious smell. Not a sweetness, but a question. He takes one, looks at it, pops it in his mouth. That's one way to learn about a poisoned berry. (laughs) Suddenly the knife at your belt ignites into green flame and tiny slivers of web launch from your arm, undirected by your own will. He opens his mouth and you see some of the same spider web is clinging to his lips. Fuck me. That good, huh? (sighs) It always eventually comes to that, doesn't it? Well, we're going to have to set some boundaries. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Duchess. Just an expression. What does it taste like? It has a kind of strong, almost molassesy flavor, as though jam had been set to ferment to the point beyond fruitiness. Sweet to be sure, but not natural. And it sits in your stomach like a weight. I'm going to use my Syncraft tools to try and see if I can discern if this has any uh, astral significance. Mm. That is a 12 plus 5. This is the opposite of astral significance. This is a void of astrum, but this is bursting with ether. Growing up from the very earth, traveling through the roots of the tree, in the photosynthesis of old magics, forming this mysterious black grape. This thing is thick with ergon. Ether like you wouldn't imagine. Mm. Damn fine. Oh, shit. Seems that you and me might share a common interest in those. I start scooping them into my bag. Darlu will definitely go and collect some bunches. They're very seldom throughout the orchard. As said, they only grow in roughly patches of ten. And the longer they remain off the vine, they seem to grow soft quickly. Still intact, still potable, but without careful attendance, they will turn to sludge. But you do all collect a good handful of these strange black ether grapes. And what properties they will have in the near future is unknown to you. Darlu is going to attempt something with them while we are at the camp and at the fire. Sure. Darlu is going to take a couple of the berries, less than 10 of them, and line them up along the inside of his scroll case and put that near the fire. The hopes that when they turn to goo, when they start to lose their form, they can dry and become pasty and resiny. As the night progresses, you enact your science experiment regarding the grapes, and we will see how that ends up. Hell yeah. Gidgel will take two of these grapes, put them into his simulated mouth. (laughs) They are then going to travel down his throat, um, float around the books, and then stow away into the lightning bolt-shaped drinking horn out of sight. I'm just going to start cooking. All right. Aside from the very bizarre grapes, there are several other signs of plant life. Easy to find some nice tubers to pull from the earth. Plenty of other fruit not too far away. Things like autumn pears and apples falling to the ground. (laughs) That's a four. (laughs) You imagine in a smoky tavern... Foe might know his way around the larder, but here in the freshness of nature, (laughs) whatever he has made is an abomination of fruit salad, (laughs) a potato fruit salad, if you will, (laughs) with plenty of carrots 
and sour herbs. <laughs> well, in a new place, do new things. Hi. Hi. Let me tell you, every other day I can't really taste anything. And unfortunately, you got me on an off day. <laughs> Wonderful. I look forward to what an on day produces. Well, to the shits we share tomorrow. <laughs> Maybe not the plasmoid. But yeah, I was, I was about to say. <laughs> nope, extra him. I want to know what comes out of that. Gidgel side eye. <laughs> As the night progresses and the fire burns, you realize that your 10 sludgy grapes have sort of formed a soft, limp fruit leather. Mm, perfect. Still malleable to the touch. It's like one of those wrist boards for your keyboard. <laughs> mm. Fruit by the bloop. I am going to cut it in half. I'm going to roll it up and hand it to Foe. Now, this may be the weirdest cigarette you ever smoked, but I'm going to smoke my half. Not right now. Later. Fair enough. I will take it and load it up in the little smoking section of my warhorn. All right. Cut mine into little strips mm. and then uh, put it in a little pouch for later smokings right on and then finally roll up one rolly lida do you smoke oh occasionally but never intentionally are you <laughs> sure it's not gonna explode when you light it on fire i'm not a keeper of such things back where i come from i'm not one of the great smoke masters but something like this is a tradition among my people one can master smoking you can and mixing together the things what go into it. I don't know who had the privilege of providing for what he has, but back home, our smokables are top-notch. Wow. Tell me more about your prodigious free time. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. <laughs> yes, tell us more. <laughs> Darlu is going to recount tales of the smoke masters of how they mix together you know herbs and things like that how it's their job back home and give me a performance check okay mm. and how it's sort of treated in the same way as people like gathering in a tavern to drink except we don't drink we just smoke you get zoinked magic zoink a 12 total this is your first introduction to the lore weaving of this captain who you've been presented with and it's respectable considering how long and boring the road has been it's a wonderful reprieve from the sights of nature and the ongoing ache in your legs and feet. And uh, there's a lot of potential as he weaves images of his home and elders gathered in circles, smoking fat doinks. <laughs> <laughs> I picture it like like a like a hookah made out of like antlers uh -huh. almost, you know? Yeah, 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 I see that. Or like one tiefling bent over and the other one just blowing a horn right up his ass until <laughs> it comes out of his mouth. We call it the old hot tail. Shot bunning. <laughs> tiefling smoke a peed. <laughs> Bellies full of sour grasses and bright fruits. Rest does find you as the soft loamy ground holds you like a mother's arms. And deep into the night, as the quiet symphony of nature sings softly in the distance and the embers burn low in the fire pit, the camp explodes to life with the thundering of hooves emerging from the shadows with a terrifying lack of warning. Dark, powerful shapes sail through the air, leaping over the flames, your prone bodies, and landing with an explosive thud 
and dashing off into the night once more. At first, you fear for your life, but as each passes over the remaining light of the flame, you make out the shapes of great deer, shaggy long fur and curled horns, the color of baked bread crisp on the edges, a herd of them, two dozen at least, racing through the night and drawn to the strange smells in sight of your fire. They respond passively, but with tremendous feats of strength, clearing your whole campsite in a single vault. It's actually quite beautiful. It certainly wakes everyone up. But once it's gone, your nerves settle. You almost feel safer, knowing that these noble creatures mean you no harm. And then the fire is snuffed. It looks like a tree lands on it. And following it upward with your eyes, you see a leg. The leg of a giant elk easily eight times the size of the others, covered with thick bark, sprouting twigs and leaves, with blankets of dry grass across its frame. Two giant antlers, an entire canopy of branches unto themselves. Piercing white eyes look down and take you in, and a visible snort of steam blows from its nostrils in the chilly night air. And then the next leg slams down beyond your clearing, each graceful and monstrous step clearing twenty feet astride. It's following them, watching out for them, protecting them. After this sight, sleep does not return easily. Oi, 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 Carter! No dangers in the league, come on in! What well, now, you listen to that shite? Well, I don't know. Something to do, innit? Bit of diversion, you know? Like an holiday for the years. So, is this ain't the official channel? It's Dex and Con! They're a riot! But don't go poisoning my sound waves with your trash. Who <laughs> took the jam out of your biscuits, son? Well, it's work, innit? It's always work. Day in, day out, knuckles bleeding so the baronies and duchies can drum up new tech to keep the dream at bay. My little girl tonight, I try to give a tiny little feature tickle. And she starts crying. Hands too rough, see? Everything's too rough. Not I'm turning the stone. Come on, me old tragic. Have another pint. Wouldn't dare to go spitting treason into your cups. There's ears everywhere, innit? I've got three years left on my bond before I can get a land and sea grant. What are you talking about? You're gonna go out into the dream? Start a settlement? Wrong direction, son. No way. What are you going to do out in the ether? You can't even find your way home at the end of the night, let alone your own arse with two hands. It's not as though I'm going to live a life of adventure like some league trash. I made it for Niger's Hill. Or better yet, there's islands out there, see? Whole island to yourself. How's that sound? Somewhere in the astral desert? Away from the dreamer nod? When my little girl can play in the woods without a fucking ether torch? If the fires go out, I'm not waking up finding her inside out and turned to stone. Or worse, mutated. Why are they letting dreamt into the dodgiest strife? For diplomatic convention? Huh. Fucking diplomacy. Put the flames to him. Might as well be liches, eh? I'll drink to that. Leave the mutated dreamt to the kiff. We king got to stick together.
Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. In the deep, dark podcast forest, there lurks a mid-roll. Hey, all you cuties. I have a big announcement, and I'm very excited about it. Beginning January 2nd, I will be releasing a brand new horror podcast, All My Own. Written, produced, and voiced by me, The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery, following the titular character as he wanders through a cruel, sinister world where the gods are viruses, and humanity is merely their playground. It's dripping with lore and atmosphere full of religious, medical, and bodily horror. So without further ado, enjoy the trailer for The Heresies of Radolf Brink 1. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Y'all may not know this, but the first couple weeks for a new podcast are critical, and it's the only chance I'll get to land on Apple's coveted new and noteworthy list. LUQ missed the boat on that, and it took a really long time for us to build up what steam we have. I'm hoping to get it right this time, and to do that, I'm seriously going to need your help. Even if the show doesn't really scratch your itch and you're not really into the horror thing, that's fine. Just give it a listen anyway. You don't even have to actually listen to it. You can just kind of turn it on and forget about it. But if you could do that sometime in the first week, ideally on release day, it would mean more to me than you can possibly imagine. And if you really want to make a huge difference, like a massive, massive difference, please leave a positive review. Every single one of those counts, and it doesn't take that many to knock me up into that new and noteworthy area. If people look horror and they see my show, that would mean everything. Law and I have been working our booties off trying to get season three going, and this will in no way impede that. We're still trying to formulate how we're going to handle Patreon things as it relates to my new show, but I'm sure we'll figure it out soon, just like we'll figure out what's going on with the actual Patreon for season three. Thank you all so much for listening, and thank you for indulging me, and a very special thanks in advance to everyone listening to my new show. It means a lot. You, like so many other battle-worn adventurers, might suffer from post-quest anxiety, feeling like everyone you meet is a villain in disguise. Every bed you sleep in is a trap waiting to be sprung, and every meal you eat is unidentified poison. If this sounds familiar, you may qualify for a new cutting-edge medicine from the makers of Viagra. Introducing Stabamol. Just one pill in the morning and at night with meals, as well as regular unchecked attack rolls against everything you question or doubt, can lead to recovery in four to five months. You already have a sword and or dagger at your side. Just use the dang thing. Trusting people, places, and things are for those with a death wish. Stab first, ask questions later. I thought my neighbor was a Shadow Guild assassin just waiting for me to let my guard down. So when he was gardening, I took a dose of Stabamol and just buried the body. I haven't worried about it since. Thanks, Stabamol. Side effects of Stabamol may include 
blood that won't wash off your hands. Jail time, high fives, increased sword sharpening rates, wanted posters, the favor of dark gods, nausea, loss of empathy, athlete's foot, and so much more. Now, stab em all comes with a free 4-inch fillet knife with every purchase of 30 pills or more. Cut away your worries and stab your paranoia in the neck. With stab em all On the second day of your journey into the north of Nidrasil, you become more aware of the strange things nature hides from you in this domain. You're less certain the mountains won't rise up and stroll away. Which tree and which cave is a limb or a mouth of some great beast waiting to spring to life? You see tracks. Huge tracks. Bear paws the size of dinner tables. There are geese in the sky flying in an inspiring chevron until they pass the visual threshold of a distant mountain, revealing that they too are as large as most sailing ships you've been on. Just very, very far away. Once again, the river returns into view to your relief. You've learned the rapids are dangerous, but the water is clean and sweet, and any chance to dip a hand is a welcome rest indeed. Foe's personality seems almost to have slightly changed. In his dreams, he was tossing, turning, thrashing, whispering, mumbling. Now he seems somewhat more collected, a little bit more respectful. Gods, is delicious. I haven't had water like this since... whatever. Dipping a hand in and bringing it up to his mouth, Darlu's eyebrows shoot up. Fuck! Didn't know bees made water? <laughs> I like that. I'll take a bit of a honeysuckle myself. Just kind of <laughs> dip my head under the water and start to kind of clean off the portions of crusted blood on his horns. <laughs> Watching her companions, Lita scrunches up her face as if not quite believing it before dipping her hands into the river and bringing it to her mouth. Ah! Where's the rust? Where's the runoff? Oh, domestic water! <laughs> Lita, who cursed your tongue? Wasn't me. I swear. <laughs> the waters in Taubia Sedu bite. This kisses. Perhaps it is not domestic water. This is... Wild. Well, at any rate, it's okay. I, I brought my own. Huh? Luda <laughs> fills a container with water and then drops a rusty piece of iron in it. You can't be doing that. You, you can't be doing that. Perhaps Luda is iron deficient. Right, but I don't think you can fix that by drinking old nails. Hey, we call it Tinker's Tea. You can call it whatever you want. It's sickness waiting to happen. They don't get a lot of meat. Keep that in mind. When they spend their time on the midden, meat's hard to come by, which means they're going to be low in iron. Plus, everybody knows, goblins can break down almost anything in their guts. Same. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, like I got something in common with each of you. Cindered embers, I hope that's true. Does this river have an interesting-looking little rock that could easily fit in my palm? Roll me a perception check. Yeah! And just to clarify, the rapids are dangerous, so this is not anywhere near swimming water. Like, the whole thing is rapids, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. And you just dip your toe in it, it just sucks you in. Sometimes like little pools that form, right? (laughs) This is a very swift-moving river. I rolled a 19 for a 24. 
As you survey the riverbank looking for any kind of precious or fun stone, after filling your bellies with ice-cold liquid glacier, shivering at the chill pouring off the tenacious current, you see a strange shape near the middle of the riverbend, coming from the water, maybe a hundred feet away, but moving away from you, glistening like a polished coin under lamplight, a metal thing moving through the active river, slightly below the surface and towards the distant shore. You watch it curiously, unsure of what feels like a threat and what feels like a spectacle. In no time it draws closer to the opposing shoreline and starts to emerge from the cold water. It looks like a man wearing full-plate armor, but skin tight. It moves slowly, one step at a time, with stiff, jerking motions. Unnatural. It finally emerges on the shore and simply stands there, holding its arms out as gallons of water pour from its cracks and crevices. When the flow seems to stop, it lurches forward a few more steps, and then its head comes off. But not decapitated, traveling upward on a metal pipe, <laughs> like a spyglass extending up, 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 until at last this bizarre metal man's head rests atop a 30-foot pole. <gasps> There's a flash of red light that shoots outward from where the creature's eyes would be and spreads into a vertical line, hovering in the distance, connected by flickering lines of light. And then it rotates slowly. The red light washes over tree, rock, river, field, and even your party, simply rotating, as though it's studying every detail near it. It feels like nothing. And as the light flickers out, and with another squirt of water, the head begins to lower back down onto the safety of the shoulders of this creature. And as casually as it climbed out of the river one step at a time, it begins to lumber off into the woods. Can I make a history check to study it back? Roll it up, yeah. How much of this bastard did we just drink? It's a 19 total to take as much notes of uh, this uh, scanner? You have read a little bit about Nidrasil, studying your histories in preparation for your adventures to come. And most of the histories are written about nature, the four sowers, the weaving of seeds to recreate life. But there's also mention now and again of something called the perfect. It is an entity that is one with machines, far to the south of this landmass, in a city, a silver stain on a tapestry of nature. And it is said that the perfect has eyes and ears everywhere. <laughs> Lita's fingertips twitch halfway to her wrench. Oh, I'd love to see what's inside that thing. If the books are to be believed, perfection lies within. Foe pulls aside his yellow cloak and you see what looks like an old, rusted sickle. He also pulls a coin from his pouch and begins slipping it on his fingers. What do you say, Captain? Something we gotta be worried about. I say if that thing had a problem with us, it'd act on it already. I also say that we may have missed an opportunity there. If that bastard's going around surveying everything, maybe it knows a quicker way to where we need to go. Fair enough. However, I think leaving the edge of the river right now to chase some thing off into the woods is a great recipe for failing spectacularly in the very first task we've been handed. Ah, you're right. Best we get back on the road, whatever there is for road here. Big wet road. As promised, on the second night of your journey, when you make your camp at night, there is now a light to guide your path. Far off in the mountains after the sun sets, you see a soft pillar 
of pink firing skyward. It seems so far away now, but you finally have a beacon to proceed towards. Though being further north makes the night quieter, the birds and crickets seem long behind you. The sleep is uninterrupted, but it too feels quiet. You become aware of something after your second night, more in waking than in resting. There is no memory of any dream as you clear your eyes. Not just a lack of memories of the dream, but a certainty of their absence. The rest is somehow hollow, like a meal that doesn't fill your belly. But the road before you now has margins. Your internal compass springs to life in daylight. So onward you set. From valley and riverland into the hills transcending into mountains. Folk and Bailey breathe. At first you suspect it's because of all the cigarettes, but you think it might have something to do with the altitude. Gigil is not doing so well either. A bit of his features are sagging. Foe, you don't look so well. That's why I fucking hate Nidrasil. Don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful place and it's rich beyond your wildest imagination, but fuck me, there's no Astromere. I'd read about that. Wondered what it would feel like. I fear I have had enough. I spent what's left of my dream last night. Took a few drinks. Got some sin flowing. It's the only reason why I was able to shift my ego. But I don't know how much longer I can be like this. It would have been wise to have brought extra Astrum with us. Something to attune to. It's right here, son. He taps you on your jelly chest and is surprised to find it firm. Right in there. It's your soul. You need something that gets you kind of perked up. You're a monk, right? That I am. Maybe take some time to meditate. I'm going to do some meditation on my own. He pulls out a flask of whiskey and takes a heavy belt. Hmm. Darulu. On a rock sort of up and above you guys who are hanging back a little bit. Darulu <laughs> peeks his head over like a curious mountain goat. Yeah. There's an experiment I would like to try if you would honor me. Great. We're all about learning new things today. Go ahead. Light your pipe. Blow some smoke in my mouth. (laughs) Do me a favor. Actually fucking open it this time. It's weird every time. Gidgel's going to kind of very self-consciously like shudder and like check himself. Is Is my mouth not opening? Usually you just put something up to it and it passes right through. You gotta move the lips. Manifesting teeth are very difficult. You don't need teeth. It's like the toes. You don't need them. (laughs) (laughs) But then my smile is off-putting. Then? (laughs) (laughs) Just breaking me. Uh (laughs) Ass. (laughs) Mm. All right, all right. I got you. Darlu comes down from his perch a little bit, takes out his war horn. I can't say what this will do for someone like you, but I know what it does back home. He opens up what is essentially the little horn carb on it and plucks off a bit of that gooey grape resin, sticks it in there. And with a little bit of his thaumaturgic magic, he's going to light it. It's important that you note that. Thank you. It ignites with a sound that is very similar to blowing a trumpet into a bowl of gelatin. A strange purple smoke forms inside of you like ink being dropped into clean water. 
you expand outward like a <laughs> balloon and it slowly seeps out of you with an almost sad accordion decompression. Mm. Later, I figured it out. They don't shit, but they fart. Okay, try that again. Happily. I will, I will keep it within me. <laughs> All right. You usually aim for like five, ten seconds or it gets a little harsh. Breathing in deep and playing out another sustained note on his war horn, he is going to press this sacred object into your goo mouth. Lita comes around the corner. What are you talking? Oh my God. <laughs> what the? F- and this time the pocket remains expanded in your chest as you begin to break down the camp with this cloud of purple just sort of floating inside of you. If I can, may I corral the smoke to exist within the vessel that is my nose, if that makes sense, to define the color of my nose. (laughs) It takes more than just nose, but the inside of your, what would be skull is now smoke-like and helps form this purple nose coming off of your face. You look fetching. Give us a toot. (laughs) Oh, happily. Do you want to open your mouth or do you, you know, can you do this on your own? I'm a big boy. All right, say ah. (laughs) (laughs) He takes a pretty hefty rip. (laughs) Now, I don't know if this would manifest inside the plasmoid, but certainly for you, when you pull on it and enjoy the flavors of the weird, weird smoke, not only do you get the sensation you usually would for this, but little flickers of memories of somebody distantly dead, someone gone long, long ago. Oh, that's a witch's eyes. Didn't know they trafficked in witchcraft, but I'm still getting to learn about them. Which is hex. Which is sex. Sex. That's the witches. Did you fuck my horn? <laughs> no. Do you mean to say it was as good as sex? Exactly. Right. So this moment on, start in a dictionary. Fair enough. It's called Kifkant. It's a way of thinking around a word. Sure. It's how we keep our minds safe from the dream. Then you just get into the habit of it. Lita, we might need you. We're whoa, doing a whoa, whole whoa, lot of- Whoa, 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 I don't know what a chinary is, but keep your dick to yourself. <laughs> Fine. Don't come experimenting with your friends. <laughs> As you finish getting a little zoinked and closing down your camp, <laughs> you move on into the mountains. And with elevation and raised knee hiking, the air grows colder. Those of you with lungs feel the fire of the hills inside them. The shade of the trees blooms from an early autumn green to the tranquil darkness of spruce and pine. Switchbacks bring you upward to new vantages, weighing down your travel sack and taking the toll of knee joint and ankle. But you must admit it is breathtaking, surrounded by the blue and gray mountains peppered with the jade smoke of the evergreens. The sky, an eye wider open than you've ever seen, into its very soul and nearly into the nothingness beyond. And after hours of this hike, you feel the air grow warm to the west and the smell of smoke. Not distant, burning. Flesh, perhaps. Lita, do us a favor. Tell me that's not where we're going. Well, there's something you gotta learn about me, Captain. I don't do favors for free. But, uh, that is where we're going. Great. I'll consider that a discount. As you follow the smell of the burning, you come upon a stray aspen tree, standing out white and chocolate against the ocean of conifers. A buzzing fills the air from the source unseen, and where the fragile quaking leaves of the tree shiver unendingly at any hint of breeze, a black smoke rises up from the center. 
And as you round the trunk, you see a face in agony. A beast with the dressings of a man. A woodworker's garb. Thick hair on his face and long ears. With yellow teeth gnashing in pain. The smoke rises from his mouth. The smell of burning flesh and hair. Agony in his eyes. He is trapped within the tree. And it grows around him. A prison of suffering. Make the burning stop! Make it stop! I'll do whatever you wish! It burns my soul! That's okay, son. I'm here. Where'd you get it? Where'd you get the fire? I used to travel these hills collecting lumber. Hooking slash. Loading wagons with the finest wood in the northern territories. (sighs) He exhales as the pain seems to recede for a moment. (sighs) Oh, it will be back soon. There used to be hornets here. They would make my life a living hell, stinging me and my men when we got too deep into the woods, blinding us, defending what isn't theirs any more than mine. They made nests in the aspen trees, and when I could take it no longer, I gathered my oil and my rags, and I set to burn them out. Nest after nest, I burned like dry grass, and I laughed as I did it, but they weren't just hornets. They were old things, around before any of us. Some of them were woven guardians, and they burned all the same. And for my acts against them, they cursed me to feel the flame I used against them, the sting of their barbs, and the hunger of their biting maws. For all time, within my tree. Every sinner a farmer, and every sin is a weed. They cannot know what fruits they sow, nor tell sin from seed. Please take it from me. Remove it. I will do my time. I will stay within my prison, but the pain is too much to bear. He reaches into a special kit that seems one of the only things on his possession that isn't road-weary and battered. From it, he takes a Eucharist and places it on the man's forehead. Then... He whispers in language you do not understand, before finally, repeating that same prayer, takes the Eucharist and places it on his tongue. Your body burns from the inside. The pain will come and go, but there is a fire inside you, rising up to your skin. The smell of cooking flesh will randomly follow you throughout the day. The fire has power, both in and against you, and the constant buzzing of the swarm. You have gained the curse of the cinder swarm. You learn the spell, burning hands, and infestation. But instead of poison damage, it deals fire damage. Hot damn. But you also gain a vulnerability to fire damage. (laughs) (laughs) Lydda crouches down and puts a sympathetic arm around this man's shoulders. Hey, how, how you feeling, buddy? I must sleep now for the first time. Wait, 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 wait. So I, I just want to go back to something you said. Huh? That you'd give us anything. <laughs> My pact has been sealed with this well of misfortune. Foe places a newly burned scarred hand on your shoulder. Let the sinner rest. Can I at least go through his pockets? Wait until he's dead first. You know there are no pockets to be found in this creature trapped in a tree. 
but you do notice near the base of the tree. You wouldn't have noticed it out of the pure spectacle of this screaming figure, but your greedy eyes are quicker than the others, and there is a hand axe, the handle and a blade made of steel, wet with tree sap and etched with the carving of old bark. With the day's journey, you reach the peaks of the low mountains to overlook the landscape beyond. And what beauty lies before you? A new valley, a secret from nature itself, perhaps, and neither oak nor pine, but a lush jungle of ancient trees and twisting ferns. The warmth of this place rises up to soothe your cold joints. The smell of honey and fruit and fresh dew drift into your souls, and a hint, a note on the tail end, of rot. And there, even in the remaining light of day, you can clearly see the pulsing pink light in the heart of the jungle, the plant life around it seemingly darker than the rest, an undying light of a primordial core, a strange burden from a far-off place, the goal of your first trial, and the curse from the sky. Charred flesh and twisted root. Two dwindling embers swallowed by nature's wrath. Fang and claw slash at nothing. Man to monument. Life to loam. Wastrels as compost. Cool. The innovation. The sunny to town gats and shit's light. Green things lap up the shine. Energy arranging itself in discreet packages. Calloused hands and hungry mouths eagerly picking at the dung heap. Lighted up in watching wonder. The sun reborn in a cradle of stone. But the light's not for us, see. We can use an eye. And use and use and use. But we can't drink that red and gold. No matter how thirsty we are for the warmth. Burning is just too much of a good thing, you see. I've had my fill now. Thanks to you, me old tragic. My next nipper creature, I'll whisper your name. Oh fuck, I never got it. Oh well. Let me tell you, this captain kid's a fucking bird. Thinks a pair of horns and a pair of balls entitle him to the cunny of the universe. Or at least what's left of it. Not that dear old dad and merry old mum put it into his head that he's meant for something great. All for you, sonny, all for you. The world's a gash and you're a cock. Where do I know? More strapping baby boys coming in for a landing. Hope it doesn't get him killed. It's never worth the mess. Fuck. I'm out of flags. Maybe that jelly boy's got some tucked into his flaps. The gobba seems like she'd be good for a pack of jesters. <laughs> I fucking love 
fire curse. Hell yes. Now we're Hell fucking, yes. Now we're fucking getting somewhere. <laughs> Spicy curse action. All right. Is that a uh, regular hand axe? This axe is a plus one hand axe Ooh. that deals an extra D4 to plant creatures. Ooh, it's an irregular yeah. hand axe. I fucking love it. I'm excited to take on curses. I'm excited to hear what your favorite moment is. Hands down, the uh, the idea of having a uh, fucking fire curse and having an opportunity to use my character's like backstory and vibe to like make this this come to fruition it was very very good hell yeah yeah no i'm I'm, I'm taking one not multiple i have so many take one my favorite momo was the i don't know what what to even call it the the eyes the eye of perfection Mm. the um the metal man the metal man yeah (laughs) what a what a like stark contrast what a tone shift that you know in, in the midst of like unimaginably colossal nature. There's just one. Just a little guy. Just one little guy. I'm, I'm bad with auditory processing. So my brain was basically making siren head from the fucking. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's no. literally like this, this tall headed siren man. And I'm like, I don't know why that's where, where I'm going. <laughs> but yeah, I just remember like while you were describing it, there was a definite like shift in in my mood. Mm. Yeah, so it was. It moved me. Yeah, like the 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 eye like, laser mm, scan yeah, over like, things. You're like, that's yeah. not like, what we're doing here. Well, why don't I get the move yet? <laughs> I too like giraffe warforged. Mm. I'm into it. <laughs> My favorite moment might not make a whole lot of sense in context, but just just bear with me because I don't know if this this got fully cut out or not. But there was a certain trumpet in a bowl of jelly. That is that is definitely <laughs> up there, and I'm gonna laugh about that for a while. But no, it was it was subtle, it was quick. I didn't need to pull it out too much. See, from Dana's description last episode, that was shockingly erotic. Law went ahead and just said, <laughs> "Soft pink pillars shooting oh, into yeah. the sky." Yeah, and I took every muscle in my body not to laugh. I didn't want to interrupt your flow, but like this has been a horny couple episodes. Sometimes the words just mean what they mean. Sometimes they mean what they mean. And sometimes I have to sit there and deal with it. Sometimes a cigar, Mac. Sometimes Mm. a cigar. Sinipas un pillar. (laughs) (laughs) Sinipas un dong. My favorite moment. Blow smoke into my mouth. Yeah. yeah. Shotgun it, baby. Like that. Those words. That's Not- all I have to say about it. It just, I, I had a reaction. It was so good. Is that? It's good. I love it. Is that horny? What, I don't, is it not? I mean, it's, 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 it's war not, horny. It's not, <laughs> not horny. <laughs> I see. Uh, I just had fun kind of describing Nidrasil because this episode was very much expletive of this is what happens here and these are some weird things. I think maybe the baby ships are my favorite. Mm. I love the little, little baby ships. Yeah. Are, their little wings like not developed yet. Like that. I wanted to ask if they dreamed, but then the whole thing was like... No astrums. They don't need. They don't no, even dream of being no big, dreaming here. big galleons yet. And it won't really matter too much later. But as a fun note to Max, uh, the the sap, the, the the grape things you collected, and we're gonna try to smoke. They would not light unless it was magical fire. That oh, cool, mm. hell yeah! You would just hold it up to the flame and be like, "This isn't doing anything. Nothing's mm-hmm. happening." I know. Uh, fucking uh, thaumaturgy can light or put out like candles. Sure. So why, yeah. why not a fat bong rip? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Of course, thank you to Hedegar the Editor for editing our episodes with a brilliant hand in mind. And thank you so much to Brie Golden from Golden Stylus for a map that is yet to come. But when it do, I'm very excited. And uh, we hope you like the juicy flavor of season three thus far. And until you return to the juice bar, we wish you luck. (laughs) 